of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name. Forever and ever. Thanks, Tina. Wow, isn't it? Isn't it cool to hear the word of God? For me, it's been great, and I've loved starting out the year in the Psalms because I've come to see them more and more as as I go on as as God's special gift to us to be able to to train us in how we speak to and hear from God and how we live out our lives as well in the service of the King. Thanks, um, Jolly. I mean, Jenny. <laughs> um, kids, if you want to come forward or any adults and get some material from Jenny that she's kindly and lovingly prepared, come forward and she's got some, some material, some, some paper and pens and tape and things and all sorts of things that will help you to engage in some of the themes that we're exploring today. So during the week I heard this phrase that just says that singing truth is a way to write it on our hearts. Singing truth is a way to write it on our hearts and I think um, that's true, and I think for me, this is like one of the number one goals of the Psalms. Um, and, and even the songs that we sing today that are inspired by the Psalms as well. Um, you know, they, they enable the Word of God to be written on our hearts in a much deeper way than we might just um, read um, for ourselves in words. And so we've got this book of poetry and songs, right, that have been written and read and prayed across time 
through you know, all the people of God, even right back through Jesus and, and way back to Moses and, and perhaps even before. Um, and, the, and it's been given to us in a way that even for the youngest of our children, even for, for kids and for young Jewish kids in particular, um, you know, around the time of Jesus, they, they were given and designed so they could be learned off by heart. The Psalms were the first book of the Bible that young Jewish kids were to learn off by heart. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I find the words of songs in particular so much easier to learn um, you know, than just the words that you might find in a book on their own. Do you agree? There's so many songs that I can remember um, from way back even since I was a child, just, just because they've been written um, perhaps to, to tune. But then, of course, in the Psalms, there are other tools as well, because you know, we don't always want to sing. Um, and so I'm just going to fast forward through the words of the Psalm that we could have showed when Tina was reading them. Well, I would go fast, but for the fact that this clicker seems to be going slow, here we go. We're moving through. Here is a tool that is often used, in, or sometimes used in the Psalms. Now, this is not a Psalm by the way. Um, but if anyone wants a chocolate, you can have one. If you can tell me what the specific tool is that is being used in this psalm. No teachers are allowed. Can you call out what is the tool that is being used in this psalm? Oh, just happens that the only hand that's going up is my son, Elias. Here's the microphone. It's an acrostic poem. Well done. You are right. Is your, is your mum a teacher or something? <laughs> Maybe this day is not one of my favourites, but never forget that every day you wake up is an amazing gift and it's up to you to make it count. Hey, do you like it? It's an acrostic Thanks, Elias. It's an acrostic poem. And what that means, at least in this case, is that every, that the first letter of, of every line um, has been used to spell a word, hasn't it? Which, of course, at times is one of the most dreaded words of all. Monday. Not for me. It's my day off. So I look forward to Mondays a lot. Um, but as we turn now to the psalm, Double click. If we turn now to the psalm, it's not quite so obvious as, as we listen to it, um, Tina, as you read, but this just so happens to be using the same tool as well. It's an acrostic poem in and of itself. Amazing. But instead of a word like Monday or a phrase, what's actually happening in the psalm is that it's been carefully written. Can you imagine? It's been carefully written in the original language of Hebrew um, so that each and every line of the psalm begins in a way that spells out the alphabet. The alphabet, in fact, of course, of course in, in Hebrew, not in English. And so it's like yeah, apples, uh, red, bananas, uh, green, until they turn yellow like canaries, and do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. Yeah? It's like that. Um, just a bunch of nonsense that I made up myself. But in the case of this psalm, it is not nonsense at all. Because it shows that every single letter, like the building blocks of language have been used 
to give glory and honor and praise to the God who made it all. And so it's not nonsense at all. Um, but it's been carefully designed so that even young children, you can imagine them going off to school, learning the alphabet, maybe preschool, learning the alphabet and learning also about God and what God is like. Anyway, this also happens to spell the end of our journey through the Psalms, which has been brief, um, but as the year goes on, I, I hope it's inspired you to, to get engaged in the Psalms, and I hope that this will inspire you to, to dig, dig your teeth into the Psalms and to pray these prayers as well, which are the same prayers that Jesus prayed himself. And so there's a challenge. There's a challenge for us all. But for now, what I want to do is actually want to zoom out the lens for a moment from the psalm and and just to try for a moment to sort of think about the psalms as a whole. Just think about the psalms as a whole. It's in fact one big story that has been given to us in song. Some of you um, may know and agree that, that some of the greatest stories in the world are told in song. Can think of some examples. Handel's Messiah. Call call some out if you like. Les Miserables. Can I hear some more? Aladdin? No. Beauty and the Beast. All of them stories that are told in song, aren't they? Maybe you've got one that's on your mind. Anyone planning to go and see Moana? It's playing down at the um, the waterfront. Uh, I think Saturday. Moana, another story told in song. Um, but while uh, you know, a lot of people might not know that the Psalms as a whole have have actually been composed to tell a story. In fact, as well, and just like all other stories too, that it has a start, it has has a middle, some kind of conflict or tension or drama, and it has an end. Has this this drama and this theme, this question you could say that runs right through the story from from the beginning of the story until the end. And as we go on, I'll, I'll explain. I'll do my best to explain. But can you imagine just for now what the theme of this drama might be? What might the theme of this drama, the story of the Psalms, what might that be? Can I give you a clue? It is a crown. It's the story of God's people's search for a king. And I I believe that we can say um, that is the story of our own and of our world's search as well for a king. For a king such as has been described for us just before in this psalm. So as, we, as I explain, I want to ask you to join me for a moment in just imagining the Psalms as a whole. The whole book of the Psalms as a story of our search for a king, as it's told in the most beautiful um, songs and, and poetry that have ever been composed. And so with that, can you imagine that you are now seated at a theatre 
for the opening scene of part one, of what are, in fact, in, in, in the Psalms, five different parts or books. Um, just like one of those great musicals or operas that you might have heard about or seen, that have you know, those moments when the, the curtain goes down, and you can go off, rush off to the toilet or get an ice cream from the cafe, well, they rearrange the scene for the next part of the story that will come next. And to follow along, you can just open up a Bible and you can have it in your lap and you can see that that it's already been divided like this for us as well within the Psalms. So, ladies and gentlemen, the audience is hushed and the curtain is raised and it begins with Psalms 1 and 2, which we started out first day of the year, which we read. And the scene is set with a young man called David being anointed as the king. In Psalm 2, you can read. And can you imagine the choir on the stage as they start to sing? The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. But the one who is enthroned in heaven, laughs, ha, 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 and he terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your Position. And so the first image on the stage to set the scene is of a king who's described in the psalm as God's son. Now, I know we want to think that it is Jesus, but we're not at that part of the story yet. But instead, as many of the other psalms are as well, it is a psalm of David. Psalm number two, who, as many of us will know, was the people's, people of God's most famous and celebrated king. And well, it's, it's good to know in the background that God never actually wanted his people to have a king. God never actually wanted his people to have a king. But despite this, in this first part of the Psalms, in this first part that we are watching on the stage. There are some wonderful psalms that reflect the hope and the excitement that David brings. What will this king be and what will this king do? Such as Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so in the first part of the drama, it is pretty much, in fact, all looking great. This is looking good until the curtain is dropped and it's raised up again now for scene number two. You can turn in your Bibles if you know where it is to Psalm uh, to, 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 to book two, Psalms 42. It begins in. Here there's a different kind of picture that will start to form as this book goes on. And the overall tone of the Psalms here will begin to change. As the actual realities now of David's rule begin to highlight the fact that even as a man after God's own heart, such as it is said of him, that he was still in fact just like us all. 
And that in many ways, many different ways, he fell short of the mark and of God's ideals. So I've wondered, what might the theme song be of book two? And I've wondered, maybe perhaps the theme song of book two might be, in fact, a psalm like this, Psalm 51, which many of us all know, where, where the sort of selfish and murderous and adulterous David repents of some of the worst things that a leader of then or of today could do. So we praise God, have mercy on me. Because against you only have I sinned. Been evil, he says, since, since, since my birth. And this reminds me that however much we try or put our trust in human leaders or in ourselves, that no human being or human king can ever meet the standards that we need for the flourishing kind of life that God intends. And so with this, it's significant that at the end of book two, before the curtain is raised for book three, then the last psalm of book two, the crown is passed to Psalm 72. At this point, you you can see the crown is being passed on from David to David's son, because unlike the kind of king that we all need, no human king or queen or prime minister or leader will not at some point have to pass on the job to someone else, as we've all, many of us have seen as well just this week. So if you turn in your Bible to Psalm 72, you should see in the heading that it mentions David's son, the Psalm of Solomon. Now, in many ways, Solomon was described as the greatest king of all, as one of the greatest kings of all. Because he had, what did he have? He had more wisdom and um, more wealth and more power than any other king who had ever lived. That's what it says. But even still, what we find as we move through book three is that there's a very different picture and mood that starts to form. Just largely, in fact, in, in accordance with, with the theme of lament. In book three, the Psalms turn to lament. So there we go, we'll put them in the shadows. And we get this, this theme of lament. For example, if we read in Psalm 88, just for example, but I am overwhelmed with troubles. And my life draws near to death. I'm like one without strength who's cut off from your care. The cry goes out to God. Because as we discover in, in the Psalms, once, once again, and, and with the story of this king, Solomon, you know, no matter how much power, no matter how much riches, no matter how wise we might be, in the end, so often these things with human beings... Um, can have a habit of undermining us and of growing pride. And with pride, of course, pride seems to always lead in time to a fall. Because we start to think to ourselves, oh, aren't I clever? Aren't we clever? I've, I've done this for myself. I've achieved this. I've, I can do this on my own. And I no longer need God's help. 
You know, it's so easy in times of trouble to want God to save. But it's another thing, again, to let God be our king. And so with pride, of course, comes a fall. And for the people of God, after Solomon, what a fall it would become. When after many warnings from the prophets, they were led off into exile again as slaves. And I guess God's hope that maybe, maybe by this, that it would help them to listen once again for God's voice and to enable God himself to be their king. So we should pay attention, I think, in times of trouble and to who in our lives wears the crown. But for now, the curtain is dropped down once again for a bit of a break and for a bit of a change of scene and curtain up. And as the scene is revealed for book four, the first song or psalm that is sung, by the way, Psalm 90, it gives us a glimpse of, of what is happening now on the stage. You might want to, to do a little bit of homework and, and read as well. Psalm 89, the two psalms that, that join this book to the one before. They were um, five different scrolls. And these, these psalms that join this, these scrolls together, they're called the seam psalms. And they set the tone for the next scroll to come. And so as the scene is revealed for book four, the first Psalm, of course, is Psalm 90, and it gives a glimpse for us of what is now on the stage. It's a picture of the people of God in trouble. It's a picture of the the people of God in exile and in trouble. And so what do they do? They cry out to God, and they say, Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Jumping ahead, relent, Lord, how long will it be? And Please, God, make us glad for as many days and years as you have afflicted us and that we have seen trouble. Psalm 89 also taps into, um, what, what verses are they? Verse 20, verse 24, 29, around that, Psalm 89, it taps into those promises that were given to David of a, of a, of a kingdom and a rule that would span, um, that it would go without end. And they're, they're claiming these promises, saying, but God, where are you? Where are you now? You said. It's a dark and sorry time when we're in exile. And when we're in trouble, maybe you can think of a time in your life like that yourself. And yet as a twist in this book, the drama, the drama seems, to, seems to unexpectedly move um, towards new songs, in fact, that, that begin to speak of, of hope, of a new sense of hope that starts to form and that, that is being born as from a place of trouble, the the hearts of God's people are being turned back to him. And so there's this, even in the place of trouble, there's this seeds being planted and new seeds of hope are starting to grow. And I reckon, to be honest, this is a great place for us to turn to today in, in book four, when I think of the place of the church today and where we're at. You know, a little bit of an exile too, perhaps, after the last couple of years, um, 
You know, don't you think that we need just a new sense of renewal in our hearts and, and a renewal in God's you know, power and, and the wonders of God working and uniting and, and, and flowing through us? Um, you know, God is just longing in, the, in these times to be our king and, and, to, and to have God's way in us again. But I think, you know, think of the last few years, you know, for example, you know, in all the stress and the division and the entrenching of our views and so on, we've been tempted to sort of claim back the crown um, of the leadership in our lives for ourselves. It's easy, you know, to want God to save when, when times are tough, but it's harder to let God be our king and to let God have his way in our lives so why don't you check out and read, for, just for example, Psalms 95 and 96. And from whatever place that you are in, or that we are in, why don't we allow words like these to begin to lead us from this place into a new sense of hope and trust. Instead, in the one God and King who will never let us down or retire from his job or pass away. Yeah, Read Psalm 96, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth and proclaim his salvation day after day. What would it look like for us to come back to that place? Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous deeds among all. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. While all the other gods are just idols. Yet the Lord, our God, made the heavens and the earth, and he longs for us all to, and he longs to come into our lives and to lead us today. Can we lay down our crowns, and, and can, can we let God have God's way? So for the people of God who sung this psalm, for example, even from a place that was no doubt, unbearably hard. In the last psalm of this book, which is Psalm 106, there's this incredible turning towards hope where it says, Give praise to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. And they remembered back, you know, when our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many acts of kindness. And so... They rebelled. But God saved them for his own name's sake to make his mighty power known. Yeah, can we call out for those times again of, of, of renewal in our hearts and of, and of God's power to be shown and revealed through us as well? So we need to know that in the Bible and in life, you know, that God uses these times of quiet, in times of pain, in times of wilderness, um, in times of trouble that we all sometimes feel to, to enable new seeds of hope and of renewal to begin to grow in our hearts as we're led to cry out to God ourselves again. Or maybe for the very first time, 
and to say, God, I want you to have your way. I lay down my crown. I have no power to do this myself. And, God, I want you to not just be my saviour in life, but to be my king. And in a moment, we're going to be reminded again just what kind of king our God is. And with that, we have arrived at the end of our whistle-stop tour, as they say, of the Psalms. As the scene is being set now for book five, which, by the way, is the book that Jesus quotes in the Bible more than any other book. I know, you want Jesus to quote Romans. Something like that, that's got all of the... um, you know, the doctrine and the, and the tricky stuff that, that you love to know. But Jesus quotes the Psalms more than any other book. By the way, I know that Romans was written after Jesus. It's okay. You're all wondering, aren't you? What is this guy? <laughs> you were, weren't you? Some of you. <laughs> anyway. Um, but this, this book in the Psalms is, is the longest, and it's the most joyful, and it's the most positive of all of the five books of the Psalms. And the reason I think is this. It's because this at the end, like almost every other story that we've heard before, is where the questions and the conflict and the drama are now resolved. Who will be our king? Who will bring us prosperity? Psalm 4. Who will bring us prosperity? Who will make our lives what they should be? It's the end of our search for a king. Book five, who will be all that we and our creation, which is struggling at this time as well, will need. You might be asking, well, what about the five remaining psalms that come next? If Psalm 145 is, is, is what Andy says is the end. Well, let's just say that every show, of course, needs a theme song that gets played in the credits at the end. Just really what those psalms are about, such as Psalm 146. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God for as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in brackets I would add, or in human kings, in human beings who cannot save. But instead the message of the Psalms is a reminder to lay down your crown, lay down our crowns and to put our trust in God, who's we've heard already in our reading of Psalm 145 before, is so much greater than any human being can understand. It's the Lord who in, in Psalm 45 verses 8 to 9 is gracious and compassionate who's slow to anger and rich in love and good to all. As it says, and as he's shown and displayed once and for all when he came to the earth and was anointed and raised up as king in such a way that we too might receive his salvation and, and so that he too might begin to rule and reign in us as well, so that his kingdom and ways can be established in us today in such a way that even on earth your kingdom come, your will be done 
in us so that even on earth God's kingdom and power from heaven would begin to grow and be displayed through us as well. Don't you want that to happen through us as well? But we need to lay down our crowns and let God lead. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 says, This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his one and only Son into the world so that we might live through him. So that God might have his way through us. It's one thing to want God to save. It's another thing, again, it's quite another thing again, to let God be our king and to let God lead. And so just in closing, what I want to do is I want to read through this psalm once again. I know it's long, but as we do, I want to invite us to reflect on this. In what areas or area of my life can I surrender control to let God and Jesus begin to lead? So that God's kingdom, power, grace and love and provision to all might expand and begin to grow through us as well. Through you and also through us all as a church. You might want to be just aware of what might be standing in the way as well. So we're going to read through the, through the psalm. And you know, as we do, just remember that Jesus showed in his life what the kingdom of God is like. He showed what um, it looks like for God to rule and to reign. And, he, and as he poured out God's spirit for us today as well, um, is the way by which all of the things that are written in the psalm, which we're about to read, he has poured out God's spirit so that all of the things that we will hear about now may become more visible and, and more greatly expressed through us as well today in whom God has already come to rule and have his way. So I'm going to read through Psalm 145. And, and as we do, maybe I'm going to, can you take me back to the start of my PowerPoint, please? And we'll have those, those words that will come up. If that's um, not too much trouble, thank you. And as I do, just pay attention to the ways that God might wish to set up God's kingdom and rule in us as well. Expressed in Jesus, but, but expressed in us through God's spirit as well. It goes like this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends his works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. Jesus said, John 14, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and even greater because I'm going to the Father. And so the Spirit is available for us all. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. 
We love to see God's work in us and through us today. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Can we, can we model and show that to our community and among our community today? The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Are you clicking those for me, Rachel? Thanks. I've forgotten. I'll let you carry on. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made. Can we do that as well? All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts. What does this encourage us to do? In our work, um, school, wherever it might be. To tell of God's mighty acts so that all people may know. Your kingdom, it says, is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. Nearly there. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. Are we trustworthy in all that we say and do? The Lord upholds all who fall and he lifts up all who are bowed down. Can we give support for those in need? The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. Thanks, Tina, for the um, produce table out, out, the, out the back there in the foyer. The Lord gives food to all at the proper time. And you open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. This is what we are about as well. I remember the church in Acts, you remember? Acts 2, Acts 4, no one had any needs because they were all providing for each other. They sold their possessions and gave to those in need. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does, near to all who call on him, who call on him in truth. The Lord fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. This is this vision of the eradication of evil in our world. And we can be part of that as well. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Greg, are you sitting in the, in the, on the side there to help lead us in a song of praise and response? It seems like it to me. That would be awesome. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we come to you today, we invite you to be among us. Give us courage and and the conviction, Lord, to lay down our crowns and to let you have the lead, to let you be our king. Lord, we do not want just a saviour, but we want you to lead and to have your way. God, let your mighty works and awesome power be revealed through us as we let you have your way. Empower us this week, Lord. Give us courage to come to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. In the power of your spirit, we go forth. Amen. If you want someone to pray with you afterwards, just come and join us at the front. It would be more than awesome.